Julie D. Bauman, CPA. It's crazy to think a small town farm girl with big dreams who didn't like accounting in high school, but found her passion in college, would excel at numbers, set goals with the help of mentors, and then she would see the world as unlimited. She is now building a virtual accounting impact team to help you achieve your dreams. Here's a message from your host, Julie D. Bauman. Hi, this is Julie Bauman, CPA. And our JDB Impact podcast is sure to be a great fit for your 2021 tax strategies and also your goal setting structures. In our ever changing business world, you have to keep up on so much. I'm here to be that guide and the structure to achieve what may seem as impossible and then turn it into your reality. I'm doing what I love, which is helping people achieve their dreams. My impact is what I wanna leave with you today. So be ready to think unlimited. Good morning. It's the JDB Impact Podcast. Excited to be here. It's November 11th. Happy Veterans Day. Can't believe we're already almost to the middle of November. It is upon us. So today we are actually closed at JDB, but it's going to be an awesome day. We've got a lot of good tax strategy planning and a lot of new tax laws coming down the road that we're going to be sharing with you. But today's focus, we're going to look at individual taxpayers and looking at year end and some great tax planning strategies. Just what you needed on this kind of cold veterans uh, holiday. So with year end, it's really approaching super fast. It's time to take a really good look and a closer look at your strategies to try to reduce that 2021 tax bill. We know it's coming. So just some general thoughts. This all deals with individual, not really our businesses yet. That's going to be another podcast down the road. So general tax planning strategies for individuals. If you look at kind of where your income's at or other abilities that maybe if your tax brackets would be better this year than next year, because we're pretty confident we're going to have some tax increases on the road and the horizon, it may be wise to look at accelerating different income, if that's possible, to get that into your 2021 tax brackets. Also, we're going to talk about investments, selling any investments which you may have a gain or loss this year and how that could help. One of my favorites, of course, charitable deductions. When you're looking at bunching charitable deductions, that terminology, it's a great strategy and it's exactly what it is. Looking at those year-end deductions for charitable donations. When uh, in 2017, when the Tax Cut and Jobs Act was passed, the TCJA is what's commonly known as, it gave us this great option about donor advised funds. That enables donors to make a charitable contribution and you get to receive an immediate tax deduction. So a public charity will actually manage the funds on behalf of the donor, who then They recommend how to distribute the money over time. You definitely have a say in these donor advised funds. But don't hesitate to call if this is something you'd like to learn more about. We can sure discuss the options and the advantages of donor advised funds for year-end charitable deductions. Another item we get a lot of phone calls on is your medical deductions. A lot of medical things are happening, trying to meet deductibles, different procedures happening here for year-end. 
So medical expenses are deductible basically if you itemize and they're only deductible to the extent they exceed a certain percentage of your adjusted gross income. So you might pay a medical bill in the year and it may not actually help you. So before you go into this scenario, you may want to give us a call to see if this is an option that would help you if it would exceed your adjusted gross income. The percent you have to exceed is 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. One thing I want to talk about is though deduction expenses such as medical expenses and charitable contributions, they can actually be prepaid this year using your credit card or an actual just check. You can only deduct medical and or dental expenses that you physically paid for this year. It's not payments for medical or dental care that you'll receive that you haven't quite done yet, that you receive like in 2022. So a good example is, suppose you charge a medical expense in December, but then you pay the bill in January. Assuming it's an eligible medical and dental expense deduction, you get to take that deduction for 2021. So we'll have clients that they're looking at paying these year-end medical bills, and if they wanna put them on a credit card, we can so pull that expense back into the 2021 year and then the deduction on their credit card happens in 2022. So a great kind of cash flow year-end option when a lot of times cash flow gets a little tight year-end. I so love that bunching of medical and actual charitable contributions. Next thing is we're going to talk a little bit about accelerating or deferring income and also the deductions. Strategies commonly used to help our taxpayers minimize their tax liability include this accelerating or deferring income tax deductions. Most taxpayers anticipate increased earnings from year to year, which is what we strive for. We want to see that. We want to see you earning more. Whether it comes from your job or even from the stock market, from investments, this strategy works awesome. On the flip side, however, if you are retiring and you're anticipating lower income that's going to happen in 2022, or you know you'll have a significant other out-of-pocket medical bill, or you might want to consider then deferring income, getting that into that 2022 year where you already know you're going to have that lower tax bracket. In cases where tax benefits are phased out over certain adjusted gross income levels, strategies of accelerating your income into this 2021 year and looking at different deductions to claim so that you don't miss out on those tax, you know, the actual breaks of 2021. One thing I want to talk about, Roth IRA contributions and your child tax credits, and also looking at higher education tax credits for parents with students that are going to college. And we'll also look at student loan interest. So accelerating your income into 2021, something a lot of times people are like, well, Julie, why would I even want to do that? Why would I want to put more money into, you know, into my 2021 year? Part of it is we know the conversation I'm going to have a lot here these next, you know, 60 days is the tax brackets for next year. They're going to go up and we're going to have a lot of different things besides just tax bracket increases that are going to deal with this net investment tax. This net investment tax, I've tagged it all along all these years since 2013. I call it a penalty tax. I've just, uh, it's a pet peeve of mine. I don't like it. It's really hits hard on individuals uh, on their personal income tax return. 
So taxpayers who are close to thresholds that are applicable to this net investment tax, it's $200,000 for single filers, $250,000 for married filing joint. And it's an actual additional tax on your net investment income of another 3.8%. So it, it's not small. I mean, it's a pretty good chunk. When you're looking at you know, other types of income coming in and you tack on almost another 4% on a, on a pretty high tax bracket to begin with. So examples of if we want to be very wary of this extra net investment tax and stay away from those thresholds, then we're looking at, you know, accelerating income. We want to really look at that 200,000 threshold and that 250,000 threshold. Other items when we talk about prepayments, things like we talked about medical, talked about charitable contributions. Another thing I love to always look at if it's a good option is prepaying a prepayment of your real estate taxes. So to be able to have this legitimately deducted, it's not just go to the courthouse and you could pay three years worth of real estate taxes. That's not going to be eligible. But in our uh, Midwest and pretty much all the surrounding states, Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Colorado, we're levied taxes. It's always a year behind. We get levied here in the fall. Our tax statement actually comes out in December. It's not due. You do not have to pay it in December. You could, you have till May, and then you've got the last part of it that's actually due before September 1. But as a good option, you could prepay all of that in full for what's been assessed by December 31. We have a lot of clients that take that into consideration, especially on their businesses or their farms. So one thing to think about as an individual, if it's your home and you're looking at trying to beat that standard deduction and you want to try to itemize and you've got lots of medical, you've got your itemized deductions for your mortgage interest, and you're looking at your real estate taxes. One thing that came about that may be disadvantageous as far as doing extra real estate taxes is we have this deduction and it's capped and it's called this SALT tax. So SALT is your state and local taxes. And what that is, that's your real estate taxes. That could be, that could be sales tax, real estate, personal property taxes on your vehicles, and your house real estate taxes. What happens is that's capped at 10000 in total. So the SALT tax cap has hurt a tremendous amount of my taxpayers that I help. They used to itemize, deduct all of their state tax quarterly payments. Well, what happens is once you cap out at this 10000 it doesn't matter if you have more real estate or if you have more quarterly state tax withholding payments you're paying in, you're just capped at ten. So before you go in, rush to the courthouse, pay those year-end real estate taxes on your personal home or go in and pay your personal property taxes on your vehicles. It's a good conversation. Call us before you make any of those payments personally uh, to see if it's, it's an option. See if you've already capped out the 10,000. So on this, we're really looking at in paying in 2022 also tuition. So parents out there that have kids in college taking advantage of that American Opportunity Tax Credit. 
It's an above the line tax credit. It's great. I love it. It's $2,500 credit per student, which basically you have to pay $4,000 in out-of-pocket tuition to be able to cap out this $2,500 tax credit above the line. It's only eligible for tuition and for applicable fees for the course materials. You can't use the meal plan, you can't use travel, you can't use the housing, and I know parents out there that are dealing with kids in college, it's huge, huge cost. But if you look at prepaying or if there's tuition costs that you can pay here for year end for next semester to help you cap out that $2,500 credit, this would be the time. Definitely give us a call. We can walk you through that. See if it's even worth it. See if that credit you're eligible for. Our other item to talk about is when we look at, we talked about this net investment tax. Well, now I'm going to talk a little bit about an additional Medicare tax. So taxpayers who have income in excess of th certain thresholds, so these would be filers, single that have $200,000 in adjusted gross income or $250,000 married, filing joint, that have income above this. There's an additional tax for Medicare tax, and it's called, it's basically 0.9% of what's on their tax return. It may not sound like a lot. I mean, it's under 1%, but what happens is, um, when you're looking at this and you're a W-2 wage earner, it's probably some conversation to have with your employer to have additional withholding uh, applied against this. Uh, just so when you're getting ready to file for April of next year and getting your individual income taxes done, you're not short on this Medicare tax. When we look at this and you're in those higher threshold levels, Definitely, you need to look at maybe contributing more, whether it's 401k distributions, 401k and Roth IRAs, to look at what's going to help kind of get you out of those higher thresholds, if that's a possibility. Other thing I want to talk to you today is our charitable contributions. You can donate property as well as money. You can donate it to certain charities. Definitely, we want to check to see that they're qualified on the IRS website. Uh, you can generally take the deduction for this fair market value of property that you've donated to those charities. However, for certain property, the deduction would be limited to your cost basis, not a step up of that fair market value. When you can also donate for your services, uh, you can donate those services. It's not an actual deduction of the value of what like your hourly rates are for those services. So we always have that conversation with clients that do a tremendous amount of work, donate their time. What does that really look like? Is that a deduction? What is the value of services? Um, so just be wary of that. You're looking at more donations that can be non-cash donations. Those would have to be actual a property or a tangible item given to the charities, not just the value of your services. You can also deduct for charity if you have your mileage and travel-related expenses, out-of-pocket expenses for performing these charitable donation services. So a great way if we can't deduct our hourly rates and we want to look at, you know, deducting what it's costing us if we're doing certain charitable services uh, and deducting our out-of-pocket expenses. 
just like anything, IRS, the documentation has to be stellar. You've got to document, you know, mileage log, keep all your receipts, canceled checks, like I tell my clients, is not good enough. You've got to get the actual third-party receipts, have those on hand. You know, I know sometimes receipts fade and they just don't, you know, after three years, you can't even read who it was. Try to have some type of maybe scanning system or just logging system of what that really is, uh, even if the receipt is not legible after so many years. So another item on the charitable deductions, uh, you can take in 2021, which is great, you can take an above the line deduction. If you can't itemize, you get it on the front of the tax return, $600 as just a write-off for donations if you're married filing joint. If you're single, you can take $300 right off the front of the return as a deduction, not a credit, but a deduction. And it's considered for your charitable gift giving of cash donations to qualified charitable organizations. So this wouldn't be non-cash items, but it would actually be checks that you wrote or items. It could be something that came through a payroll deduction, electronic funds transfer, or just an actual check that you wrote to a charitable organization. You don't have to itemize. This is great. This has helped a lot of people last year. It came about in 2020 after the CARES Act, and they increased the threshold they actually doubled it, which was great for the deduction. 600 married, 300 individual. So all of our clients last year, we so wanted them to get that deduction, and it's just you know, just a given. And so we had a lot of a lot of clients get that above the line deduction last year. So definitely, that's on our radar this year for 2021 tax filing season to get those deductions for our clients. If you do itemize. Um, what is great about charitable donations is they've upped the threshold of how much you can donate. So if you're donating in previous years, you were always limited to 60% of your adjusted gross income, and which is a lot. But a lot of people that have major gifts they want to give, they would have to carry over their donations. They didn't. They weren't able to deduct them all. So now, after the CARES Act of 2020 in March, they came out with, we can have a higher threshold. That threshold is actually 100% of your adjusted gross income. Definitely unheard of. It's hard to believe that this will be back-to-back two years in a row from 2020 taxes, 2021 taxes. You could actually donate 100% of your taxable, I shouldn't say taxable, you could donate 100% of your adjusted gross income. So great to think about that. A great way if there's certain, you know, income spikes in your 2021 tax year where you have income that you didn't realize you were going to have or you have income you want to take in in 2021 and you're going to bunch up those charitable donations. What a great thought process. Are we going to have this 100% eligibility for charitable deductions coming in 2022? I doubt it. I mean, it's just things like this are going to, a lot of things are going to be changing when we look at future tax planning. We don't know quite yet what those future plans are going to be, um, but they will uh, definitely, I think, have some negative effects on different thresholds that we're looking at. So this is just a few. I know we've kind of talked, you know, about a few things. Um, we're going to have different segments on individual tax planning for year end. So this is kind of our segment one. 
I just appreciate all you guys listening out there. And definitely, if you need anything throughout this year end, don't hesitate. Give us a call at Julie Bauman CPA. We'd love to help you out. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Impact Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe, follow us on all of our social media platforms, and check out our website at juliebaumancpa.com. Growing with you and helping you. We are Julie D. Bauman CPA, bringing you the Impact Podcast in hopes of impacting the lives of others.